Hey everyone and welcome to the service this morning. I'm really excited at what the Lord wants to do. I feel it's going to be very significant and so I would love to open in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you that you are present with us right now. I want to thank you that you're at work in our lives. You're at work in the things that seem like there's no hope. You are at work in our nation. You're at work in our neighborhoods and the cities in which we live. You're at work um, in the businesses that we operate. You're at work in our families. Heavenly Father, I pray that as we go through what we're going to look at today, that you would touch us to the core, that we would never be the same. We commit this time to you in your powerful name we pray. Amen. So I felt it was really important for us to take a break from Proverbs this week, uh, which I've been going through in the messages that I've been taking. I felt the Holy Spirit lay some things so strongly on my heart, and I, I just feel that I need to share them. And so I'm excited, I'm expect, expectant, and I hope you are as well. And the bottom line is, I really believe the Holy Spirit wanting to wake us from our slumber, to wake us up from our sleep as Christ followers, and for us to get about the work that God has called us to. I feel that what this coronavirus pandemic across the globe has done to us, it's taken its toll on our urgency of faith, on our passion for God's kingdom, and on our desire to please Him. You see, the blessings of this lockdown period is that it's shown us where we really stand when it comes to our faith in Christ. Because when we have church services or we have everyday life and we've got holidays to look forward to, we've got so many different things, a lot of those can cloud where we really stand with the Lord. And so this lockdown, I believe, has shown myself and has shown all of us how much of what we do brings us joy rather than God's presence in our lives. You see, it's only when everything is stripped away that you and I know what we really have. And so if you feel that with this lockdown period and not being able to do everything you'd normally do, if you feel that there's something missing in life, if you feel um, a little bit uh, lethargic, if you feel like there's a lack of urgency to your faith, it's a really good indicator that Jesus isn't everything to you. And so I want him to be everything to you and to me as we go through this. So, as I just mentioned, I believe that initially there was an excitement for us doing things online and doing things differently. And then I think we've moved into a real sense of lethargy across the globe in many extent, uh, to many ex um, extents. That's the wrong word, sorry, <laughs> uh, to an extent. But, but I think many of us are feeling this mainly because I think there's a lethargy of general action. We can't get about things as we would like to do. Maybe some of you are still red hot on fire for the Lord, and that is absolutely brilliant. But I do feel that that initial burst of excitement into something new and different has um, just waned off in many of our hearts because we just can't do things we normally would. We're sort of in a state of limbo. But... God is never in limbo. God is never stagnant. His kingdom advance never stops. So here's what we need to remember. Nothing has taken God by surprise. Whilst we might have been sitting in November or December and having Christmas time and we couldn't have comprehended what the world would look like now, 
None of it has taken God by surprise. In his providence, he has allowed this time to come. It's forced us to slow down, to reassess life, to see what really drives us, to see if God is actually enough for us. And so that's the question. Is he? Is he enough for you and I? Is his presence what you crave? Is his presence everything that you need? And so I want to charge you. I want to challenge you. I want to encourage you to step up to the plate, to wake from spiritual slumber, to put on your marching boots and let's get going after what really matters. And so I'd love you to turn to 2 Timothy 2. And as you're turning across to that, this was one of the three pastoral letters written by Paul towards the end of his life. So he wrote to the church, he wrote um, theological uh, letters, and in his final years, he writes to Timothy and Titus, 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, and then to Titus. And these letters are a lot more personal. He's writing to friends, he's writing to young men he's journeyed with for a number of years. And so he's a lot clearer, shorter sentences. But what I want to read today, some of the final words that were penned to paper by him before he was executed, I believe the Holy Spirit wants to do something special in your heart and mine. So as I read this, I want you to feel like Paul is writing this to you. I want you to feel like the words that I read is God challenging you, God speaking to you in a powerful way. So this is what it says, 2 Timothy 2, and then we're going to read from verses 1 to 7. You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. What you've heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, commit to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No one serving as a soldier gets entangled in the concerns of civilian life. He seeks to please the commanding officer. Also, if anyone competes as an athlete, he is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. The hard-working farmer ought to be the first to get a share of the crops. Consider what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. First thing that I want to bring up from this is right there at the beginning where he challenges Timothy and he says, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Be strong in what it means to be saved. Be strong in relying on the fact that Jesus Christ is the one who saves us from our sin. And as a result, we have an opportunity to have a relationship with him and life now in reality and fullness and purpose and life forevermore in heaven with him. Be strong in the free gift of life that comes through Christ. Be strong on relying on him and not on yourself. May this be what you stand on when everything in your life crumbles. May this be your hope. May this be your foundation. May it be the case that you, you, you get home or it's been a terrible day or a terrible week or a terrible month and you can say that was a terrible day. But you know what? The grace of Jesus Christ is enough in my life. He is truly enough for me. If you don't believe this, you can get on your knees today. You can stand where you're watching and you can say, Lord Jesus, please give me a big picture of what you've done on the cross. If you've never given your life to Christ, you could say right now, Lord Jesus, thank you for purchasing 
my salvation on the cross. Please forgive me of my sin. But I want us to believe this. This is what it means to be a Christ follower. It means that our lives are no longer our own. It means that we have been given this free gift of grace. And it is enough in your life and in mine. It's time for you and I, on the back of that, to offer our lives to Christ. Not 60%, not 70%, but 100% to say, God, my life is not my own. You've purchased it and I want to give it to you and say, God, use me for your glory. Then Paul goes on and he says, What you've heard from me, Timothy, in the presence of many witnesses, commit to faithful men who will be able to teach it also. Sarah and I were chatting about Brian Houston. And when he started the church Hillsong, he was saying, Oh, Lord Jesus, please bring leaders. Please bring people to help me in what I feel like I should be doing. And he felt the Lord say, No, you train the people, you raise up the people. They're all around, but you invest in them and you raise them up to be all that they can. Who can you share Jesus with in your neighborhoods, in your businesses, in the city in which you live? Who can you walk a journey with of faith? Who can you grow together with? You see, in Zimbabwe, I believe we've been worn down by many people leaving You hear many stories of parents saying to children, listen, you need to go abroad and live abroad because there's no hope for you in this nation. But I want to challenge you to look around, look at friends, look at people younger than you, look at people older than you. But who is it that you can help collectively together to grow in your faith, to grow in the grace of Jesus, to grow in what he has called each of us to. So be someone who looks out for the interests of others. Be someone who wants to see someone else raised up in your life through you. Paul goes on and he says, share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. You see, we need to realize that we are in a battle. Do you realize that every second of the day, when you are awake and when you are asleep, we are in an immense, violent, spiritual battle. Ephesians 6 talks about this. It says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this darkness, against evil spiritual forces in the heavens. For this reason, take up the full armor of God, so that you may be able to resist evil in the day, and having prepared everything, to take your stand. So this battle of faith is real. It is very, very real. There's these amazing books and stories, uh, C.S. Lewis, Screwtape Letters, Frank Peretti, uh, This Present Darkness. These stories that give us a picture of the cosmic battle that's happening all around us in the mix of our everyday life. So if battle is real, then injuries are going to happen. Then wounds are going to happen. The enemy will come hard. But what a privilege to fight alongside Christ, the rider on the white horse. I love movies like Braveheart. I love movies like Gladiator. I want you to imagine as we're living our Christian faith, imagine fighting alongside uh, King Jesus on his white horse. Imagine him leading the charge and and you partnering with him. This is not a time to shrink back. This is not a time to go, I'm going to let other people fight at the front and I'm going to shrink back. He's leading the charge. This is a time for us to get stuck in. The battle is fierce, but the victory is sure. The battle you and I face as we follow Christ, as we live for Him, the battle is fierce, but the victory is sure. 
He goes on, he says, no one serving as a soldier gets entangled in the concerns of civilian life. He seeks to please the commanding officer. What's Paul getting at? He's saying our primary concern in life should be about pleasing King Jesus. And so the question you and I need to ask ourselves is, is that our primary concern? Or do we easily get tangled in civilian, civilian pursuits, i.e. to things that are periphery, that are not actually that important, become our primary focus? He's saying that there are things that are far less important than the battle that is at hand. So if you're a soldier of Jesus Christ with a focus on winning a battle, why would you turn aside and start worrying about clothes that weren't drying on the washing line? So what is Paul getting at? He's saying that there are things that are far less important than the battle that is at hand. See, if you're a soldier for Jesus Christ, if you're focused on battle, why would you turn aside and start worrying about clothes that weren't drying properly on the washing line? Now, that's not the best example necessarily, but what I'm getting across is the fact that if we're focused on Jesus and his kingdom, there's going to be things in life that are periphery that we mustn't let take the place of what we should be focusing on. We can worry about when things will open up again. We can worry about when we're going to be able to go on holiday. We can um, worry about what's going to happen with schools and when will they eventually open, about a disagreement that we had with someone, about something in our house that needs to get repaired. And those may be valid things for us to be concerned about, but they should never be the primary concern for us as Christ followers. There is something so much more important at stake. There is a cosmic battle and the chance to be a part of it, seeing souls saved for all eternity. So yes, we can all have bad days. Things can get us down and we can be honest about that. But let's shake ourselves out of being concerned about things that we do not have control about that aren't the end of the world when it comes to Christ's call on our lives. You see, do you believe that you're in the Father's hand? Do you believe that He is in absolute control of your life, your situation, your future, and your good? Do you believe that? Or do you say that you do, but you don't really believe it? If you believe that, then don't fret about the small things. Don't worry about the future, as Jesus says. Shift your focus. Let's get into the military faith mindset, and let's fight this cosmic battle with Jesus together. Paul goes on, he's just spoken about a military type example. Now he goes on and he talks about um, being an athlete. He says also, if anyone competes as an athlete, he is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. He is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. Now Paul obviously loved athletics. He talks about it in a number of different parts on his writing. He's saying we can't win the prize if we don't follow the rules. We can't live the Christian faith if we don't follow the rules. We can't go, oh, I'm, I'm in the athletics team, I, I kind of know how long jump works, but instead of jumping, I'm just going to run straight through and they must give me a good result. Or say, well, I'm running the 400 meters, but instead of going around the track as I'm supposed to, I'm actually going to go across the grass, I'm going to dive through the high jump mat, I'm going to run through the grandstands, I'm going to come to the finish line before everyone else. It doesn't work like that. You see, he set out rules and regulations, ways for us to live for our good and society's good. Let's do it. We can't live as Christ followers without obeying him. I want to challenge you to 
not have gray areas in life, to, to live in the purity. I want to challenge you to continue to be looking and asking God and saying, God, is there anything in my heart? Is there anything in my life that's not pleasing to you? I want to shine for you. I want to be pure and I want to make an impact for you. I want to live according to your rules. And in that way, I get to compete for the prize. His final little example, he says, the hardworking farmer ought to be the first to get a share of the crops. If you're faithful, if you work hard at God's kingdom call, there is a great share of amazing crops to come. There's a great share of fruitfulness and enjoyment. And that produce will trump anything that you can experience here. So work hard in the land that God gives you. Work hard where he's placed you. Be faithful in what he's called you to do. Be faithful in the little. Be faithful in the big. And you can be sure that there will be an incredible produce on earth. Some of it you'll see. Some of it you may never see. But beyond the grave as well. Just as I close off and then I want to pray for us. Martin Luther King in uh, his letter from the Birmingham jail. Look at what he says. There was a time when the church was very powerful, in the time when the early Christians rejoiced at being deemed worthy to suffer for what they believed. In those days, the church was not merely a thermometer that recorded the ideas and principles of popular opinion. It was a thermostat that transformed the mores of society. This is not a time friends, for us to be mediocre. This is not a time for us as Christ followers and as the church in Harare and beyond to be a thermometer that changes with society. No, God's called us to be the thermostat. He's called us to be the ones who set the tune, who set the tone, who set the temperature of society, no matter what that costs us. So it's not a time to shrink back. It's the time to give it all. This is the time to make a decision to wake up from slumber from spiritual slumber, from spiritual lethargy. If you've been feeling that over the past month or two months, this is your time to change. This is your time to say, God, I'm going to focus on something different. I'm going to focus on your kingdom call. It's time to get our marching boots on, to play according to the rules, to live a faithful life and to live for what really matters. You see, Jesus Christ is building his church the gates of hell will not overcome it. He is working his great cosmic plan since the beginning of time and he will get the glory. He is waiting patiently for all those he has called to come to faith and we get to be a part of the action. And so I want to challenge you. I want to encourage you. I want to plead with you. I want to urge with you. It's time to wake up. It's time to get into the battle. It's time to be a soldier. It's time to be an athlete. It's time to be a farmer. It's time to live for what really matters. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, just right now with everyone watching, with everyone listening, thank you for your presence with us. Thank you that you're speaking right now. And I ask in this small bit of quiet that we have right now, I ask that you would challenge to the core. I ask Holy Spirit that you would pinpoint areas of our lives that need to change. I ask that you would well up in us what it means to be strong in the grace of Jesus Christ. I ask you'd give us the courage and the boldness 
to take our eyes off things that don't really matter, civilian matters, and focus on what you've called us to. I ask that we would live lives that really matter. We would be the thermostats and not the thermometers of society. Only you can do this, Holy Spirit. Can't manufacture it. I just ask that you challenge each of us in it right now. Your powerful name we pray. Amen. Amen. I want to thank you so much for listening. If you want to get in touch, if you would love prayer, if you'd love help at all, if you want to know more about what it means to be a Christ follower, please do get in touch with us. And in the meantime, um, have an absolutely brilliant rest of your day. Have a brilliant week. And let's, let's be the thermostats that society needs to see. Have a great day.